my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive, six, seven, eight, feeling great. Hello, BYWG Tribe. Here's a quick peek at our supplement, product, course, and book of the month for June 2020. At the end of the podcast, I will spend a few minutes going into further detail, so we encourage you to listen to the end. The supplement of the month for June is Turmeric Boost. This is our very own BCM95 highly absorbable form of turmeric. The 10% discount code in office or online is DFLAME10, case sensitive. Our book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. The product, well, it's actually a course of the month is Lifebook. Lifebook is a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you toward your personal vision of success in a 12 dimensions of your life. All the links, discount codes, and special offers for the product, supplement, and book will be listed in the show notes on iTunes, posted on social media, in our weekly newsletter, and at our website at www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com at the Listen Now tab. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beyond Your Wildest Genes podcast. I'm your co-host today, Dr. Mike Akinfora, and I'm thrilled to have a return visit from Dr. Kelly Brogan. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's awesome to have you back on the show. Dr. Brogan's written a new book, Own Yourself, The Surprising Path Beyond Depression, Anxiety, and Fatigue to Reclaiming Your Authenticity, Vitality, and Freedom. Um, I'm thrilled to have you back. It's a great uh, topic. I'm sure your your book baby is going to be well received. Um, and I just want to read a short bio and then we'll get right into it, folks. Uh, Dr. Kelly Brogan, MD, is a holistic women's health psychiatrist, author of the New York Times best-selling book, A Mind of Your Own, and children's book, A Time for Rain, and co-editor of the landmark textbook, Integrative Therapies for Depression. She completed her psychiatric training and fellowship at NYU Medical Center after graduating from Cornell University Medical School and has a BS from MIT in systems neuroscience. She's board certified in psychiatry, psychosomatic medicine, and integrative holistic medicine, and is specialized in root cause resolution approach to psychi- uh, psychiatric syndromes and symptoms. She's a certified KRI Kundalini yoga teacher and mother of two. Dr. Brogan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, Could you just give people a little bit deeper background on yourself and why you took on this challenge of of writing a second book? So it's interesting because this book has a very different feeling, not only uh, within me, but also the feedback I've gotten from from those of you who have interviewed me, uh, you know, in, in both iterations, it seems like there's been some some evolution. And on reflection, you know, I wrote a, a mind of your own probably around 2014, 2015, and it published in 2016, and that was really fueled by no small amount of righteous anger. I mean, I. Um, put my Hashimoto's thyroiditis into remission. And you'd think I would have had, you know, rainbows sprouting out of my head, but instead I had like steam coming out of my ears because at that time, you know, I had just completed uh, my fellowship. So I I gave a decade of my life, blood, sweat and tears and $200,000 of debt to learn what I was 
you know, quickly finding out was a very small sliver of the available science around uh, health and disease. And so I, you know, hit the books and I determined to figure out what else I hadn't been told about. And I, you know, explored all of the sacred cows, whether it's cholesterol medications or acid blockers or antibiotics or, you know, uh, vaccines or, of course, psychotropics. You know, what I had been prescribing, not just to general patients, but specifically to pregnant and breastfeeding patients. That's how much I believed in that model. So I, you know, I put that all into a book and I thought, you know, well, when when people have this information, they'll never touch a medication again, you know, and I, I really thought that it was just about winning the information war, mm. uh, winning the science war. And as somebody who, of course, has been on both sides of the aisle, I figured, well, I have more science because I have the science to defend prescribing. And now I have the science to defend deprescribing and lifestyle medicine. And so I am going to beat Goliath. And soon I learned that that's not what this is about. Uh, and in fact, the, the engaging of, of warfare, whether it's outside or it's a civil war within, continues to perpetuate a kind of um, a stasis in our growth, healing and evolution. And plus, you can't change somebody's mind with information. I knew that because my mind only changed because of a lived experience, because I changed my diet and I went from pooping once a month to having totally healthy GI function for the first time in my adult life. I had a lived experience of how a small decision could have a huge reverberative effect on my you know, well-being. And so that's when I, you know, I really dedicated myself to creating the conditions for others to have this experience of health reclamation. And then I, I really focused my activism on shining a light on the radical outcomes. So the people who walked away from chronic disease labels and medications that they were definitively told were for life. And the reason that I did that was really in honor of true informed consent, because if you know what is possible, then and only then can you make a true informed decision about what is right for you. And so it's really in that spirit that this book um, is an offering to those who feel ready, you know, who feel ready to level up, who feel ready to get stronger, who feel ready to get in touch with um, an experience of authenticity that is um, has eluded them, you know, up until this this point. Uh, brilliant. And, and I salute you. And honestly, you are courageous. And um, we we need this information out there for folks, because what you said there, it, we don't have a, an, an information problem. We really have an implementation problem. Yes. And the yes. only way is through is through experience. So thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in. Um, what, one of the things you talk about in the book is an appreciation for meaning beyond symptoms. What does that mean? Mm. So in the model that I was trained in, as you well know, you know, it's it's a one gene for one ill match it to one pill, you know, paradigm. Mm -hmm. And 
that's of course we we love order we love organization it confers a sense of control which confers a sense of safety right so it's it's in our nature to try to reduce to the simplest common denominator you know the 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 seemingly infinite complexity of the human organism so when we operate in that model which is about you know a couple of hundred years old we are really rendering our patients um kind of like machinery, you know, so they're in for a tune up, we're looking at their parts, and we're gonna, you know, slap a label on what needs to be fixed. Uh, but there's really no room in there for the individual for their narrative for their story. Um, you know, in in my training, there was kind of like a nod to the relevance of psychosocial stressors, but they were never considered ideological, they were never considered part of the cause. Literally, they were only ever considered, you know, sort of relevant to the timing of why a patient was coming in versus, you know, sure. this week versus last month, yep. um, kind of like a window dressing. And, you know, when we when we begin to shift paradigms, this new paradigm is really predicated on that question that is not asked in the conventional uh, model, which is why is this happening? You know, it's a it's a fundamental curious orientation towards the experience that the individual is ha having, because especially in psychiatry, I've learned, you know, it's it's unintentional, I imagine. But there's a dehumanization that comes with the use of these labels, especially the way that they are impersonally applied. Right. Because if Matthew is, you know, uh, running around the streets naked and hasn't slept in three weeks, we say, Oh, that he just has bipolar. You know, that's that's what's going on there instead of inquiring. Right. Like, what does this mean to Matthew? Why is this emerging in Matthew's life? And how can we begin to integrate the essence of Matthew, uh, shed the the illusory elements of Matthew and begin to help support him in wielding his energy so that he is not subjected to a system that takes that control away from him? So it's it's the resolution of, again, an unintentional dehumanization that can come with a system that treats patients like disease labels. And when you begin to ask the question why, you can find all sorts of personal meaning, ranging from the biological, right? So maybe you, maybe it's not best for you to be a vegan, um, or maybe it's not best for you to eat red meat three times a day, or, you know, maybe bread six times a week isn't a great fit, right? So it can range from the biological to the psychological, right? Like, so maybe you've inherited a certain way of looking at life. Um, maybe there is a, a mindset that is holding you hostage in a victim posture, right? It could also be um, psycho-emotional, so toxic relationships that are, you know, essentially dragging your health down the drain. It can also be spiritual. You know, many people who are captured by labels of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder in other cultural settings would be characterized as having clairvoyance or having um, the gifts of extrasensory perception, for example, and with proper guidance um, and command, they would know how to render those in service 
purpose of, of the collective, right? So there's a huge range of what, what it could be, you know, that your diagnosis is symbolizing or representing, but we'll never be able to offer you um, that level of meaning if we are simply throwing a label on and then getting down to the business of managing your symptoms. And there's even in, you know, I reference in the book um, some published literature on this. So this sounds really esoteric and, you know, ontological at best or philosophical, um, but it's, it's actually in the, you know, the peer reviewed literature that this is something that um, many researchers are curious about. Is there personal meaning in disease labels and the experience of, of symptoms? Um, I know f with my Hashimoto's, you know, there is um, in, in the yogic um, realms, the, the fifth chakra is the chakra that is the energy center responsible for personal expression, like your statement to the world. And I was diagnosed at that crossroads, right? So I could have, you know, in my life, I could have I've tightened the mask that I was wearing on even tighter mm -hmm. and walked that path of symptom management and synthroid for life, um, never quite feeling myself or at ease in my own skin. Or I could take the other fork, um, which was to, you know, let the mask fall, figure out who I am and what I have to say in this world. And perhaps that's why uh, I was able to achieve remission, because I committed to that personal expression as being paramount. Who knows? But I like that. That makes it feel certainly more meaningful and less um, less like a, a random bad thing that that happened in my health history. That's amazing. And. I think it's medicine is is a microcosm of of society in that we we really yes. want like that one thing. What is that one thing? And and it's multifactorial. We can't. It's really hard to get to that one thing when you've got all these other variables in the equation. We just can't wipe the slate clean of those variables. They are they are they could be the the sole trigger. It could be psycho emotional. It could be it could be like you said that you're a vegetarian and you're not meant to be a vegetarian. It's fascinating yeah. to look at. And from your perspective, um, I, I really appreciate the that you because of your own um, issues, your health issues. And that's true for most of us that you were yes. able to see through the, the, the veil. Yes, I love what you're saying because it's it's my perspective as well. You know, I think the the linear model, um, the the sort of reductionist model, the control based model, the mechanical model, some call it the materialist paradigm, it served its purpose, mm -hmm. right? We've we've made incredible um, things out of science and technology over the past several hundred years. Uh, However, I think we're bumping up against its limitations, and we're seeing that not only in statistics about our collective health, but also as individuals, as you said, on a microcosmic level, we are feeling that our systems are not serving us. We can barely believe in them anymore, right? And, and that's political, that's educational, you know, and, and certainly medical. Um, 
so there's something new being born and, you know, not only my sense, but many of us sense that this new paradigm embraces complexity and embraces the yin, you know, approach to um, challenges and sees emergent design, sees inherent meaning and maybe even beauty in simply what is before we go to battle with it. And perhaps we never do once we have that that point of contact with there being a fundamental purpose to all that we're experiencing as a part of uh, an intricate balance we may not be able to perceive from down on the ground where we are. So, you know, this kind of approach to life, it sounds overwhelming, but it's actually so much, um, you know, it's, it's so liberating. It's so much um more safety oriented because fundamentally that okayness is inside of you, right? So you no longer have to derive it by, you know, arranging all of the the furniture on the deck of the Titanic perfectly, you know, it's not that experience of waiting for the other shoe to drop or knowing things are going in the wrong direction, but doing the everything, everything you can just to survive. It's a different thing of, of orienting towards life with a sense of appreciation and gratitude and wonder and curiosity. And that is what I have come to see is the ultimate yield of relating to the body in this way as fundamentally um, elegant, you know, as, as fundamentally um, beyond, you know, uh, errors and mistakes and kind of like breakdown that's that's not how, you know, I, I think of the body. I think of it as as being infinitely wise and really, if anything, a transducer of our emotional and spiritual, um, you know, sort of experience and existence to our consciousness. Right. So if, if you can't relate to your deeply held emotional rage or your trauma on a conscious level, your body is going to invite you. Um, to to turn towards yourself, and it will do so through symptoms, whether they are identified as physical or mental. I really don't make those distinctions any longer. Um, and so it's really up to you whether you want to take that invitation, wh- whether you're ready, because the readiness is this very... Um, it's ephemeral, you know. I, I've learned, despite myself, that I can't induce it, I can't coerce it, um, not in myself and not in others. That when we're ready, we're ready, and the moment before we're ready, we're not. Um, but when you are, it's it's my hope that you know I can provide whatever support for that. It really is a courageous um, journey, uh, courageous in the you know in the etymological sense of cœur being like the, the the French word for heart. It's a heart type of strength. Mm-hmm that is necessary in order to to walk this this path it's amazing when i have patients that come in and and they're like hey doc i want you to fix me (laughs) like (laughs) uh, no no thank you i I don't want that responsibility but i will help you to help yourself get well and stay well and it's it's a partnership here and that is eye-opening for people when they come in to see us in our office and i'm honored that they give me the privilege of being part of that journey but ultimately just like you said kelly it's it's they are going to do the healing they i can provide the tools but they are the ones that are going to have to take those tools and and manifest that life um from from where they are now Exactly. Yeah, I refer to it, um, you know, as Mark Imbarash, who's the author of The Healing Path, he calls it the helper, right? And it's a very different 
orientation towards the patient. And it's certainly one that, you know, a patient who is, is seeking uh, a certain level of guidance or even external authority is is not going to be too excited about. You know, I think that we, uh, as a collective, have a tendency to parentify these um, external agents of authority, whether it's our doctor or our school principal or our, you know, state representative or the FDA or, you know, any of these, uh, the government at large, you know, we, we have to believe, we want so badly to believe that the good parent is out there who is beyond corruption, who has our best interests at heart and is going to tell us exactly what to do so that we can just be good children. Right. Uh, And I think that as a collective, we're waking up uh, perhaps by necessity because of the fact that we're at the outer limits of that kind of relationship to, to our own power. Uh, we're waking up to the fact that we have an opportunity to adultify. You know, we have an opportunity to grow up and to stop placing that authority outside of ourselves and to understand that it's our moment to take the, take the steering wheel, right? That we are, in fact, um, the adults running our own uh, life scene. And what I found is I think there's actually a neurobiological signature to that, you know, that there is a state that your autonomic nervous system is in when you are dependent and fundamentally helpless, mm-hmm. not to mention holding the belief that something is, is wrong with you. Right. That's fight or flight to to be reductionist. Um, But there is also a signature to this kind of resting control that can happen when you dedicate yourself to healing yourself um, that that quiets that fight or flight and shifts, I think, fundamentally into the regenerative state of the nervous system, um, because you understand there's actually no there's no fight (laughs) to be. One, that's not the nature of what's happening here. And so the immunoinflammatory um, translation of that is really beneficial to a kind of healing that can only be described as spontaneous. I mean, that's why when I began to see people doing, you know, this very basic protocol that I've operationalized on their own um, through our blogs or through uh, a mind of your own um, or through our online program, no doctor involved I couldn't explain the outcomes, you know, remission of lupus or Graves' disease or, you know, bedbound migraines or recidivistic schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or suicidal major depression or OCD, you name it. I have an entire clinical team of volunteers helping me to write up these history-making cases, and nothing happened of any real clinical significance other than that they took control of their health and they implemented a very basic protocol that sends this signal of safety and all of this emerged, right? So it's not like they, there was a cure for Graves disease and a cure for Hashimoto's and then there was the cure for IBS. No, it was all one, one exercise in ritualizing self care. And so the only way I can explain that as a, you know, somebody who's very interested in the scientific process is that this biological signature of their autonomic nervous system allowed for this level of, of recalibration, sometimes in the space of months. So that's how significant it is, you know, what story you're telling yourself about what's going on. And if you're, if you're at a point in your life where you need a doctor to do it for you, trust me, there's an entire medical system set up for you. Um, you know, but in our, in our world, 
there is um, the good news and the bad news, as I say, is that is that you are in control and there's no getting around that. Absolutely. Um, you brought up uh, a protocol. And before we get into it, because I find that fascinating and want to want to talk about that. Um, let's let's back up for a second. Talk to me about um, the reversible physical drivers of so-called mental illness. Talk to me about that. And then let's get into the protocol after that. Sure. So, you know, we were speaking earlier about how the why to your psychiatric symptoms, um, and again, whether that's generalized anxiety or ADHD symptoms or bipolar disorder symptoms, you name it, um, the why can be very wide ranging because in psychiatry, we don't do any objective testing. There's no EEG. There's no blood test. There's no brain scan. There's nothing. It's simply uh, an interpersonal interaction that you have with a doctor that can range from seven minutes to, you know, about two hours. And you you get a subjectively uh, reported label for life. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because good luck getting rid of one of those once you have it. And so what if there are very low-hanging fruit that we should pick first, right? So what if there are these highly reversible physiologic imbalances that we are calling psychiatric and that they can be reversed sometimes in, in weeks? So what I found uh, is that there are about five of them that are extremely common and they should be explored before a psychiatric diagnosis is even considered, uh, right? Because, for example, you, you know, you wouldn't want to treat um, a thyroid imbalance, right, with Zoloft. That's just not intelligent medicine, right? But that happens all the time because the symptoms of hypothyroid in particular, um, but even the presence of thyroid antibodies, even if your hormones are normal, correlate with um, generalized anxiety and major depression and bipolar disorder and postpartum psychosis. So there is a huge relationship there. And I am living proof, as are so many thousands of others, that reversing Hashimoto's is really not that difficult. You know, in many ways, the thyroid is like the canary in the coal mine. And it's the first one to, you know, to scream for lifestyle change. Um, so you'd want to identify that as a potential contributor and any holistic or functional medicine integrative doctor is going to have a more nuanced approach to reading thyroid labs, for example, than your conventional doctor. So that's important. Um, I provide those labs in, in the book. Um, they're also easy to find uh, because I also believe people should be able to conduct their own um, lab work. And another is um, the role of micronutrient deficiency. So I, you know, many are relevant, you know, in, especially in the B vitamin family, but I've been most interested in the literature on B12 uh, because we think, oh, what's a vitamin deficiency? But, you know, there are case reports in the literature that implicate B12 deficiency in uh, catatonic depression, um, not to mention, you know, states of dementia and, and gait disturbance. Uh, so it's a big player. And particularly if your diet is mismatched to what you need and you don't have enough uh, animal food in your diet or your digestion is not optimized, so you're not um, inducing that somewhat complicated cascade in your um, digestive system that allows for the absorption of B12, then you could end up, you know, on all sorts of medications that have nothing to do with replacing B12. 
Um, another is blood sugar imbalance. I think this is so ubiquitous. I'm not sure there's a person walking the planet, you know, that doesn't have, um, who's eating a standard American diet, I should say, that doesn't have some measure of appropriate endocrinological response to the, um, the sugar, processed sugars, but also processed flours that they're consuming. And most of the, the folks that I work with, um, have an experience of what's called reactive hypoglycemia. So, you know, they wake up, they're not hungry for breakfast, but then they're on this kind of roller coaster all day where they get starving and they're irritable and headachy and nauseous. And then they eat and an hour and a half later, they're, you know, needing a snack chaser and um, they're kind of booing their way through the day. And then they're waking up in the middle of the night. And, you know, this can contribute to anything, including panic attacks. So that's a huge one to um, explore reversing through very basic, you know, high natural fat diet. Um, there is the role of medications. And this was a huge one for me. I spent many years researching um, the documented psychiatric effects of very common medications. So I've, you know, named a couple of them already, but whether it's um, birth control or statins or vaccines or antibiotics, uh, you want to know that they have the capacity to induce these psychiatric symptoms because otherwise you're going to end up taking another medication for the original medication's adverse effects. And then finally, um, there is the role of antigenic foods. In specific, I focus on gluten and dairy, um, so gliadin and casein proteins that are typically in processed food, you know, the diet I used to eat, which was bread and cheese in some form all day long. Um, and if you ever see a, if you have children or you ever see a children's menu, I have to laugh often before I cry about the fact that it's literally bread and cheese in, in various configurations, um, on every children's menu. But that, that there's actually a robust literature suggesting that there is a neuroinflammatory process that can be induced in certain individuals. But I've found almost all of the individuals I've had the privilege to work with, um, this is a huge, 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 uh, component. And, you know, whether that's because we no longer have the gut microbiome diversity to help us digest, you know, the disulfide bonds in gliadin or, or what it is, um, or whether we just shouldn't be eating these kinds of processed foods, uh, or whether we have intestinal permeability. There are a lot of different theories, but it's such an easy thing to um, cut out at this point that you could literally change your life in one month if this is um, a major player. And wouldn't you want to know that, right? Rather than considering taking on the burden of psychotropic medication adverse effects potentially for a lifetime and then struggling with coming off these medications, which as many millions of people the world over today can attest is one of the most difficult uh, things, you know, anyone can ever engage is to simply withdraw from psychiatric medications. So I'm pretty passionate that people have this kind of information up front. Wonderful. All right, let's dive into um, your your 30-day protocol a little bit, just lay it out for folks. Yeah, so it's actually quite basic, um, and nothing in it is, you know, is revelatory. It came to all of the components of it through the literature uh, specifically, so it has that, you know, evidence base um, that much of lifestyle medicine actually does have, and it has a couple of pillars um, including a dietary pillar, which is basically an ancestral template. 
so it does include um, red meat in this template, actually all animal foods um, from, you know, kind of nose to tail, including organ meats. And part of the reason for that, as a former ethical vegetarian myself, I, I struggled a lot with what I was observing to be the case, uh, you know, that myself and, and my patients uh, actually required this kind of a template in order to get to a place of autonomic um, nervous system stability. And it was through my work with my mentor, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, that I finally understood, you know, how that could be the case for this certain population, because I don't believe in this one diet for everyone. Um, but I, I do believe that those who are captured by um, diagnoses, including major depression and generalized anxiety, but also um, autoimmunity, multiple chemical sensitivity, fibromyalgia, um, allergies, um, and then other, you know, sort of um, character traits, in, biological character traits, if you will, like, you know, easy weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, those kinds of things. Um, these are what he called the parasympathetic dominance. So they do best on a red meat containing diet. In the first month, uh, we control for inflammatory foods. Um, and we also try to quiet the microbiome by controlling for what's called resistant starch. Uh and otherwise, you're basically eating real food, you know, so this is not a deprivation based diet, you can use natural salt, um, it should be, you know, very fulfilling, you know, where, where you actually um, have a, the opportunity to develop a relationship to food that is devoid of the addictive yo yo that things like alcohol and coffee um, processed sugar can, uh, and, and of course, wheat and dairy can induce. Um, and then there is the uh, initiation of a contemplative practice. So I'm trained in kundalini yoga. I'm a big fan of kundalini yoga meditations because in a couple of minutes, you can have an experience of shift on the nervous system level. And so I ask for three minutes a day literally, of um, a given meditation. It doesn't have to be a specific one. Of course, I offer many options, but honestly, I'm not even sure it has to be anything other than the intention to sit with yourself quietly for three minutes. That may be sufficient, but of course, I, I'd like people to have a little bit more of an experience, so I offer some options there. And then the last prong is really detox, and for those coming off of medications, I feel very passionately about um, something I learned from my mentor, which is the notorious coffee enema as being the king of detox, um, self-implemented detox practices. Um, if you're at that point in your health history where you're ready to come off of medications, I believe that that needs to be done in a community setting. And I've seen it done both ways. So I cannot um, support it being done on your own. It's just it's not a it's not a healthy way to do it. So um, that I offer in uh, in the community that we have built to support people who are going through that process. But then there's also conscious consumerism, right? So what what detergent do I buy instead of the you know the Tide? And you know what do I do with my water? What do I do with my air? How do I um, make smarter choices? in, you know, sort of setting up my lived environment. And I think it's sort of the, the kind of um, go big or go home energy of that one month that I bring to bear, which is that your power of choice is really the seat of your power. And if you can commit fully to one month of your life where you really engage these steps, I can virtually guarantee a life-changing outcome. 
But I've also been humbled to learn that there is um, a slower way to do it. Uh, we launched as a companion to Own Yourself uh, a membership, a uh, low-cost mo monthly membership called Vital Life Project. And I thought, well, this is not going to work because there's only one way to do it, and it's the way that we've documented, and it's the 30-day protocol. And so, you know, we've broken we've broken lifestyle change into one uh, week a month where as a group we do little things like go to bed at 9 p.m. or uh, put our feet on the ground every day for 15 minutes or um, mitigate our Wi-Fi and EMF exposure. So these little lifestyle choices and they seem really like how could that make a difference? And, you know, now we've we've been out for four months um, as, a, as a collective and I, I see that I'm humbled once again you know, to understand that there are many different ways, especially in the community setting, to send that signal of safety. Um, and it really has to do with turning towards yourself and committing to this level of self-discovery as your primary uh, personal responsibility. Absolutely. It, it, folks, um, life, this thing called life, is an inside-out job. It, it, mm -hmm. And we have to somewhere along the way we forgot how to own our own power and we that's right we freely gave it over and, and it yes. goes back to that what you were talking about that parent child relationship we freely get it over and now's the time there people talk about oh my gosh there's all this going on in the world this out there's never been a better time to be alive that's right. I love that. And and we have the opportunity. Um, creating communities of like-minded individuals is is just uh, the the wave of the future, and we seek and and look for this as human beings. We we yes. want to be part of a community. We want to be. That's it. I got it. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and that's why I think it's it's not what. I thought it was, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm sure I wasn't alone right. in thinking that it was about the, the people who were right versus the people who were wrong, you know, yep. and in, instead, you know, the, the metaphor I, that resonates for me is like, it's almost like we're discovering our like cell types, right? So, and, and we're collecting in our different organ systems, right? So it's like, oh, we're both liver cells. Oh, we're over here. And, you know, and it may be that those who resonate most with the conventional paradigm, maybe they're like over there in the left quad or something, you know, like, or maybe they're an eyeball. And, and fundamentally allowing for these differences in belief, allowing for these differences in perspective is the only way that we're going to understand how to cohere as a whole. And coming together in like-minded community, preaching to the choir is, uh, like you said, has never been more important so that we can understand how to coalesce in this important way. Absolutely. Um, I am very cognizant of your time. I know you're doing lots of interviews for your book, baby. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we, we step out? Oh, I just want to thank you for your support because this is um, it certainly isn't a message. And I'm reminded uh, in this process, you know, that not only is this not a message for everyone, but it's also quite threatening um, to some. And so it, it means a lot to me, you know, to have um, this opportunity to, to share and and that we are able to get behind it um, 
together. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Fantastic. Hey, folks, everything that uh, Dr. Brogan and I talked about will be in the show notes. Um, there'll be links to the book, so you can go ahead and purchase that as well. And if uh, where where can people reach you in the world, Dr. Brogan? Sure. So I'm just at kellybroganmd.com, and that's where we house all of our um, offerings in support of this this journey. Beautiful. Well, folks, um, if you like what you heard, please go to iTunes and leave a review. It helps us to help others find all this work that we're all doing together. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Kelly, and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, everybody. Thank you. You got it. It's Dr. Noah, and I'm back. In this new format, we will briefly mention the product, book, and supplement of the month for each and every month at the beginning of the podcast, and then discuss them more thoroughly at the end of the podcast. We hope you love this new format. So the book of the month for September 2019 is The Emotion Code, How to Release Your Trapped Emotions for Abundant Health, Love, and Happiness by Dr. Bradley Nelson. We highly recommend this book. It's on my Audible playlist currently. You can hear Dr. Mike interview Dr. Bradley on the August 19th podcast release. Simply stated, a great listen. The supplement of the month for September is BYWG's Nutrition's Joint Formula Plus. The 10% off code for the month of September is joint 4 sep That's capital J, lowercase O-I-N-T, number 4, capital S, lowercase E-P-T. This is a powerful blend of building blocks associated with joint and cartilage repair, like glucosamine and MSM. It also includes nutraceuticals like bromelain and grapeseed extract with anti-inflammatory processes that improve recovery, help manage arthritis pain, and can slow the degenerative process. Are you a weekend warrior? Do you pound the pavement, CrossFit, or do you suffer from osteoarthritis? If you said yes to any of these, or all of them, or you just have generalized joint pain, this supplement is for you. We suggest an initial trial of three months to assess the effectiveness for you, and the only contraindications are if you're allergic to shellfish or pineapple. At our website, www.beyondyourwildestgenes.com, we have a resource page and a research page if you'd like more information. The product of the month is Swanee's Blue Light Blocking Lenses. Tribe, using these glasses might be the most effective and cheapest biohack yet. Sitting on, uh, under unnatural lighting all day, including halogen and complex fluorescence, staring to computer screens or our cell phones for hours a day, and sleeping with the TV on is disrupting our melatonin production and circadian rhythms dramatically, which has devastated our sleep. By using these lenses an hour before you go to bed and to help eye strain during the day, you will see and set yourself up for a much more restful, restorative sleep. I have, had, I have at least five pairs, five different styles. In fact, my kids have them as well. I had surgery five years ago, and after, I could not use my computer anymore without getting a terrible headache, near migraine status. Using these glasses eliminated this completely. They are absolutely invaluable to me. Check them out at our website link in the show notes and in our weekly correspondence. Thank you for your time, and be awesome and never Awesome. Hey everybody, are your children heading back to school and you finally have time to do something just for you? Do you feel that you're just one messy flux of hormones? Are you feeling overwhelmed and stressed by life right now? If you'd answered yes to one, more than one, or all of these, then the Getting the Goddess program is for you. 
we are thrilled to announce that we are releasing our Getting to Goddess program this Labor Day weekend and running through September 23rd at an incredible discounted price to help you take charge of your life and health, and it's just for women. The course is normally $297, but by using the code HEALTHYWOMAN at our checkout, you'll receive $200 off, making the price for the entire course only $97. In addition to the course, for those of you who purchase, we'll be hosting a live Q&A early October. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, and I'm back. Our June supplement of the month is BYWG's Turmeric Boost. Turmeric has been in the news for its surprising effectiveness to manage inflammatory issues and arthritic pain. However, not all turmeric supplementation is the same. Turmeric Boost contains BCM95, which is a patented form of whole turmeric that helps to address the absorption issues by providing a trademarked formula with 700 to 900% better absorption in human clinical trials. In addition, it doesn't require black pepper to be absorbed, but can be sensitive to some patients. We added medium chain triglycerides, MCT oil, to BYWG Nutrition's Turmeric Boost to encourage better absorption. Once again, no fillers, no wheat, no gluten, no dairy, just value, quality, and effectiveness. For the entire month of June, if you use the code DEFLAME10, that's lowercase D-E-F-L-A-M-E-10, you will receive 10% off this incredible anti-inflammatory aid. You can pick it up at our website at www.beyondwildestgenes.com or if you're local at our brick and mortar store. The June 2020 book of the month is Sacred Cow, Why Well-Raised Meat is Good for You and Good for the Planet by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. This is the first book of the month that hasn't officially been released yet, but Rob has been a great supporter of BYWG, and we are such huge fans of all his work, we decided to support his pre-release purchase. The book is officially released July 14th. The pre-order purchase code will be in the show notes and in the weekly emails. Our product of the month for June is Lifebook, an incredible life-altering program that all three of us have matriculated through. Lifebook is about you, created by you. It's a one-of-a-kind lifestyle design system that guides you towards your personal vision of success in 12 dimensions of life. These 12 areas are health, fitness, intellectual, character, emotional, spiritual, love relationship, parenting, social, career, financial, quality of life, and life vision. So comprehensive, so empowering. Check it out via the links and the materials we send out during this entire month. And as always, be awesome and never unawesome.